0: The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello and welcome to Hoop Balls DFS today. I'm your host, Mike Apatra. Here on this wonderful Wednesday, October 20th slate, we got 11 games to talk about. I'm flying so low for this card. Normally, I'd have my good buddy Dave Menkoff off on the show, but congratulations to Dave. He's just getting back from his honeymoon, newly married. So we're giving him the night off on this early season. We're gonna we're gonna let him wait in the wings for next week, where he's gonna be ready, recharged. Guy's coming back from Hawaii, Hawaii. So he's gonna need a little bit of time to get uh get over that jet lag and get comfortable, but talking about last night's card it's uh it's gonna be a rough one uh you know i i stuck with some bruce brown in in some of my lineups and i paid the price uh we heard that nick claxton was going to start for the nets i didn't think that would mean a pretty much a dnp cd from brown but that's pretty much what it turned out to be he played three minutes of garbage time managed to get a block and a rebound in three minutes of garbage time um you know who knows what he would have done if he played a full allotment of minutes at 28 to 30 minute mark but That's the that's the price we pay. So everybody else did pretty well, according to what we thought. Drew Holiday suffered a heel contusion injury. So he sat out only playing 17 minutes of that game. Uh, We still got to see George Hill and Jordan Noir kind of pick up the slack for him when that happened. So nonetheless, we're going to have to see how this uh, this night shakes out. I'm recording this right around 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So this this Warriors game getting ready to tip off. But. We got a whole new slate to talk about. 11 games, loads of action. This is the slate I look forward to. The first big slate of the DFS regular season. Tons of guys to choose from, tons of guys missed priced. New rotations, new players on new teams, things to look forward to. Really excited to get this going. Quick shout out to our presenting sponsor over at Manscaped. Guys, Check out Manscaped. Use that promo code, HoopBall20, and you will receive 20% off your first purchase over there. Plenty of your male grooming needs, everything from the lawnmower to the ear, nose, and hair trimmer, down to their conditioner, their toners, you name it. They got it. Manscaped is the place to go. Perfect package kit if you're looking to get somebody a gift. And don't forget to use that promo code, HoopBall20. So we're gonna jump right into everything, guys. We have 11 games to talk about. You're gonna hear me taking plenty of sips of water, just talking to myself this entire night. But I know we got some good people listening along, so it makes me uh, makes me feel a little bit better. Let's jump right into this. First game of the night, we have the Charlotte Hornets defending their home court against the Pacers. So Pacers visiting Hornets. This game seems to, as as we check it, come in at a 227 and a half game total with the Hornets being favored by two. As far as the injury report goes, for the Hornets, Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier both being listed as probable. For the Pacers, we have Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, both questionable. Karis LeVert, Keelan Martin, TJ Warren ruled out, and Malcolm Brogdon is probable after dealing with that left AC joint sprayed. It was only a grade one sprain, so not a serious one. Uh, we kind of seen them getting uh, get held out of the last few preseason games as a precaution. So, we'll start with the away team here. Start with the Pacers. Looking at the top of the card, Demonte Sabonis coming in at ninety eight hundred. Sabonis being a key cog in this lineup for the last season. Really stepped up, really put out a good output. Averaged almost 50 DK points, right around 49 DK points throughout the season. So when we get him at this price tag at 9800, feels very fair. Uh, going against a newly vamped front court, though, with this Hornets team, they've just brought in Mason Plumley. Now Mason Plumley's not the greatest defender; he's definitely an upgrade from what they had, though. Cody Zeller played, I would say, almost about half the season. It felt like dealing with injuries on and off. So, we got to see undersized front court before of PJ Washington at center for most of the season. So, it's going to be a little bit of a newly vamped, but without these guys potentially being in the lineup, we talked about it already. No Karis Levert. Possibly, we're going to have to keep an eye on it. Possibly, no Jeremy Lamb, no Justin Holiday. There's going to be some vulnerability in there. Now, at 9,800, he's very, very much in play. Is he the guy that I'm probably going to spend up on? Most likely not. There's a few of the other guys in these later games that we'll get to that, you know, teeter on that 10K mark and a little bit over that 10K mark. Happen to be big man. That's that's what we call foreshadowing right there. But I don't have any problems looking at guys like Malcolm Brogdon at 7,500. He's pretty much averaging right near, right under 40 DK points last season. This is a good matchup. Lamella Ball is a solid defender uh, due to his size, but still lacks uh, some actual defensive capabilities in his second season. So, No issues looking at Mr. Brogdon. TJ McConnell coming in at 5,900. He could start alongside Brogdon, wouldn't shock me right there. But 5,900 feels a little bit expensive for TJ. Doesn't really score a lot. Able to rack up steals, rack up assists, though. Feels like a better cash play if you're going to look at him. I don't think he has necessarily that GPP upside. At the center position, Miles Turner coming in at 5,700. Fair price tag for him. It's a rock solid matchup. There's just a lot of other centers that we'll get to. So. With 11 games, we're going to have to cross some guys out of our player pool. And while he's not a terrible option, I just think that we have better ones to choose from. Now, if we do know if Lamb or Holiday play, they're both priced appropriately. Lamb feels like he's a decent value at 3800 But again, it's going to be the theme of the night. Better guys to choose from. And I'll leave Holiday off there. I would expect them both to actually sit. And if they sit, we should see Chris Duarte play solid minutes at 3300 The rookie, he just showed out he's got a knack around the rim. Uh, dude could score in bunches. We saw it during the preseason at 3,300. You know, theme. another theme of the night is rookies are just wildly underpriced on this first main slate that we're seeing. So, Chris Duarte will find himself in there. Probably leave him more as a tournament flyer, just with some of these other rookies that we're going to talk about who are just priced a little bit more appropriately. And. That is probably it. So the main options I'll be looking at on this Pacers team are just going to be the top dogs. It's going to be Sabonis. It's going to be Brogdon. I'll probably have a few shares of Sabonis, not much of any, and maybe one or two of Brogdon as well. Now sliding over to the other side of the ball, uh, we talked about him already. Lamella Ball, 7,700 feels like it's a good price tag for him. Uh, I mentioned that McConnell, pretty solid defender, but 7,700 feels like a nice price tag for Ball, a guy that could just rack up stats in so many different ways, boards, steals, assists. We know he's not shy to shoot. He's going to probably lead this team uh, in shot attempts throughout the season next to Gordon Hayward. Probably, uh, I would imagine, about 14 to 16 shot attempts for him, but I have no issues looking at LaMelo. I think he's a very good uh, GPP play due to his upside. He could drop a triple-double on any given night. Feels pretty safe for cash games as well. Gordon Hayward at 75. Has dual eligibility at small forward and power forward. And Hayward at the beginning of last season was just looking like you know, he got his feet back under him, Uh, you know, then that injury happened, took him out for a little while, but at 7,500, that feels like it's just a very modest price tag. I don't know if there's a lot of juice left in the orange at that price tag. He always has that upside. Uh, If there's no Justin holiday, I'd like him a little bit better just because it would leave them, you know, really lackluster on the perimeter defensively. So, and then uh, only other options that we really need to talk about here would be Mason Plumlee and then PJ Washington, Washington 6900 feels a little too expensive. Plumlee at 6k looks like looks to be a guy that would probably end up in this matchup having to go against Miles Turner and Sabonis having to play a full complement of minutes. So at 6k, he's in play. He's in my player pool still, but he's just not a bang smashing option. When we look at, you know, those assists that he was racking up last season, that was pretty much without uh, a firm point guard in that lineup. There's going to be a lot of ball handling done by this Pacers team in between guys like Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball, where they might not just need to kind of pass out of the post as much. So I'm not going to, you know, expect that those assists are necessarily going to be there like they were last season. And then the Terry Rozier at 7,400 just feels a little bit too expensive. I'd rather pay the extra $300 for LaMelo. Game one down, 10 to go. We're going to be cruising through this because you guys don't want to hear me talk to myself all night long. But I'm still going to keep the information there, still going to narrow down this player pool for everybody, give out my top plays, and then we'll round it all out with some of my favorite plays based on tiers. So moving on to the next game, we have the Chicago Bulls traveling to Detroit, taking on the Pistons. It's another it's another 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. I got to get used to that because I'm on Central Time now here in Texas, but I know Going by Eastern Standard Time is probably just a little bit easier for everyone, so I'm still going to do that. Looking at this game, looking as far as the injuries go for the Bulls, Troy Brown Jr. is questionable. Kobe White has been ruled out for the Pistons. No Cade Cunningham, number one overall, no, number one overall pick, uh, dealing with an ankle sprain, so he's going to sit this one out. No firm timetables just yet. Isaiah Livers and Chris Smith both ruled out. Probably not going to have firm rotation rolls nonetheless. As far as the game total goes, we have a 221.5 game total. Bulls favored by 3.5. We'll start off with the away team with the Bulls. Vucevic, Vucevic coming in at 9K. Firm, nice price tag for Vucevic. I expect the assist to take a little bit of dip now that they have a nice actual capable point guard in Lonzo Ball there. Uh, We kind of saw his numbers dive off the table a little bit once he came to Chicago. It wasn't the same, necessarily, usage that he had when he was playing with uh, Orlando, where just everything was getting funneled through him. So I don't mind that price tag. I prefer we'll get to Towns a little bit, only a couple hundred dollars more in a better matchup. I prefer, I wouldn't even say a better matchup. They both have good matchups, but um, I just prefer Towns slightly more in that matchup that we'll get to probably be a little bit of a higher pace, a little bit higher score in game. Zach Levine coming in at 8,700. Zach Levine was an absolute stud. He averaged right under 44 DK points a game last season. So 8,700 feels slightly too expensive. Uh, I feel like a lot of these top-tier guards might just be a little, a little over-expensive. We have a couple guys that float in that mid-range and that value tier where I like them a little bit more. So I'll probably leave Zach Levine out there. If you want to play him, wouldn't fault you for it. The dude's an absolute stud lightning in a bottle, can get it done. But the ball handling, again, same thing I said for Vucevic, uh, it's going to be in LaMelo's hands. You know, the assists that these guys were both getting last season, they're still going to be uh, be there for him, but I just don't expect as many of them. DeRozan coming in at 7,100, it feels like it's a rock-solid price tag. Wouldn't mind looking at DeRozan. He was averaging almost 40 DK points last season with the Spurs. It's a totally different scenario now, totally different role. A lot of that offense was getting funneled through him. And again, another guy who was capitalizing on assists last season, which probably won't happen as much. We know he's not really going to be shooting the three ball for him. Might see some time actually at the four, although Patrick Williams is healthy. And that's expected to probably be in the starting lineup of Lonzo, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, and then Vucevic at the center. But Lonzo Ball, I think, is my top option on this team at 6,900. Dude has just looked great during this preseason, looks rejuvenated on a new team. I expect him to take some three-point shots, and we've seen over the years his three-pointer have increased. Uh, actually, we can say the same thing about, I think i said this plenty of times on the podcast, two players that weren't necessarily known for their three-point attempts or three-point shots when they came in the league were Lonzo and Zach Levine, and both have done nothing but improve upon it. So Lonzo, just like his younger brother, can be a walking triple-double at any given time, plays great defense, plays the passing lanes, can come up with the steal. So at 6,900 I think he is smack dab in play. Probably all I'm looking at on this Bulls team, I don't feel like there's too much value. Patrick Williams coming in at 4,200 isn't bad, but just don't know if he has the exact upside I'm going to be looking for in my GPPs. Now sliding over to the other side of the ball, no Cade Cunningham. Most likely, uh, Killian Hayes looks like he's available. So he's going to start that point guard position at 5,500. 5,500. He's solid, but there's someone that we'll get to later on for about $600 cheaper that I prefer to play over him. So you can keep Killian Hayes in your player pool. Maybe if you're playing one of those early slate ones where it's, you know, the two-game early Slater uh, or three-game early Slater, you could look at him. He's not a terrible option, but Lonzo is not necessarily somebody i love to pick on on defense. The main guy I want to talk about, though, is going to be Jeremy Grant. Uh, he feels like he's a little underpriced at $6,500. Don't mind looking at him one bit. We've seen him take on a big scoring load for this team. And, you know, while they stunk and worked their way into the lottery and ended up with the ping-pong ball falling on them to get that number one overall pick, there is no Cade Cunningham. That's somebody that we're expecting to come in here and take some of that usage and some of that shot attempts away from Grant. But only $100 more than Sadiq Bey, and he has much more versatility than Sadiq Bay. Come up with some rebounds. He'll come up with steals and blocks. He's able to do that. So Jeremy Grant, 6500 Probably one of my favorite mid-tier plays. Again, not the greatest matchup of all time, but I firmly like him. He should draw the start at power forward, so I do like me some Jeremy Grant. Just touched on Sadiq Bay at 6400 Just feels slightly too expensive for a guy that I want to play that firmly relies upon his jump shot, his three-point shots. And Isaiah Stewart at 6100 Now, I love me some big stew. I'm expecting a big role for him. If he had the center position unlocked by himself... This would be a fantastic play for him. Uh, 6,100 would feel way too cheap, but he is divvying up those minutes with Kelly Olinik. I expect it to probably be more like a, a 28 to 20 split. It could end up being a 26, 22, depending on how the game goes. But Big Stu struggles to get out to the three point line. I expect Vucevic to kind of pull him out that way. They might end up opting with Linux after they kind of see him get burned on a couple of those mid uh, range or deep shots by Vucevic. So, if I'll take a firm pass on Big Stew, just knowing that we have some other options in that price range. I'd rather play at the center position or spend up. So might end up coming back to bite me. But again, I have to eliminate some players. I can't keep everybody in my player pool on an 11-game slate. And it's kind of just my thought process behind it. So the only real guys I'm looking at are going to be Grant and maybe slot in a little bit of and A's here and there. But not overall, not that much of them. Moving on to the third game of the night, six thirty Eastern, or sorry, i sorry, just did it, seven thirty Eastern Standard Time game. Boston Celtics traveling to the New York Knicks for the injury report. Celtics, Jalen Brown is questionable. Uh, he's he was coming back from COVID, so I guess it's going to be based on uh, the conditioning of him. Al Horford has been ruled out because of the health and safety protocols for the Knicks. Nerlens Noel is doubtful, basically ruled out. And then their G League two-way guy, Lucas Samanik, has been ruled out as well. This game is coming in at a 218.5 game total. Knicks are being favored by one point. We'll start off with the away team, the Celtics, Jason Tatum, coming in at 9,400. I'm expecting big things from Tatum. Uh, the dude just keeps uh, you know, going up on an upward trajectory as far as talent, skill, shot attempts, everything, you name it and just gets better and better as year goes by. But we saw last season, Thibodeau's defense, this Knicks defense, isn't necessarily one that we want to pick on. And 9,400, again, a lot of guys we could spend up on. I don't think Tatum's the way I'm going to go with it. Am I expecting a bad game from Tatum? No, it's Jason Tatum. He's he's an amazing young player. So I just don't think that necessarily this has that 55 to 60 point upside written on it. And at 9,400, you're basically looking for 50 plus in here. So I'll pass on him. Jalen Brown, 8,100, a dude that hasn't practiced in a little while because of COVID, so probably going to take a firm pass on him. So honestly, the only real guys I'm really going to be looking at on this uh, Boston team would be Marcus Smart at 6,400, just because now that he's firmly playing that point guard position, he's going to share, you know, divvy outs a little bit to Schroeder, but Marcus Smart has the ability to grab rebounds and get steals and bunches, not known for his scoring. So I'll keep him in play, though, at 6,400. I kind of like that price tag. It feels very fair. But the main guy's gonna be Robert Williams at fifty one hundred. that's a fantastic value for him. Robert Williams is everybody's favorite breakout. Just a great point per minute and DK point per minute producer able to rack up defensive stats and rebounds, has a nice little touch around the rim. does make some mistakes on defense here and there. but at fifty one hundred with Noel Horford, he's going to be firmly expected to hold down that center position. could find himself in foul trouble if he ends up going against Julius Randle a lot, but We'll have to see how that works. And I'm willing to take the gamble at 5,100 for him. Not a lot of bodies that they can really throw in there. They have Hernan Gomez, they have his Cantor, but they're going to need Robert Williams and his defensive ability against this front court. So sign me up for some Robert Williams. And that's it. I'm not going to go dumpster diving with any of these other guys. No Peyton Pritchards, no Ines Cantor, none of that. As for the Knicks, not a lot of people I want to play. Uh, There's a lot of games that we could talk about few of them have better totals So i'll probably take a pass on a lot of these nick guys julius randall at 8800 It's a good matchup against this front court. So I I wouldn't mind taking a look at him at 8800 That's a good price tag for randall But with kemba walker in town now, you know A lot of these assists that we were seeing from randall might start to fall off the table Mitchell robinson is probably going to start at that center position. He can grab some boards I wouldn't expect a whole lot of minutes minutes for mitchell uh, mitchell robinson He's got a fair price tag at the same price as Williams, so I just prefer Williams over him. They talked about it. Uh, Mitchell Robinson said it after that game, preseason game, that he was tired. He was winded. He was gassed. And now this is an actual game where he's going to see actual NBA stars, not just NBA talent. So I'll take a pass on Mitchell Robinson in this one. And then if you needed, I guess, uh, a modest play, you might be able to look at somebody like Alec Burks at 4,400. Just a you know lightning in the bottle type GPP play who can just get scoring and done it in bunches and at 4400 it's a rock solid price tag but I'll probably take a pass with everybody healthy at the moment we're gonna have to see some uh, some people go down whether it's you know Fournier or Kemba Walker once one of these guys gets hurt he'll be an excellent option for us to look at moving on to the next 7:30 Eastern Standard Time game we have the Washington Wizards traveling to Toronto taking on the Raptors. This game has a 218.5 game total. Raptors favored by 2.5 points in this one for the injury report. Chris Boucher is questionable. Pascal Siakam and Yuta Watanabe is, are ruled out for the Wizards. Thomas Bryant, Rui Hachimura, and Cassius Winston all ruled out. Rui Hachimura not currently with the team. So we got some value to talk about here, but we'll start at the top. Bradley Beal, 9,500 for the away team, for the Wizards. 9,500 is a little bit pricey for Beal, but we know this dude is going to lead the team in shot attempts. He'll lead the team in scoring. Could possibly, you know, finish the year around 28 actual points scored per game. Wouldn't shock me one bit. Managed to, uh, you know, put up 31 last season. We're expecting maybe a small little hit now with the additions of Kuzma and guys like Dinwiddie, other guys who will get their shot attempts, but dude was a walking bucket last season, but he also was their primary facilitator, and now that's kind of going to go away with Spencer Dinwiddie there. So, you know, he averaged about 40, DK points, 9,500. We're going to need about 50 from him in GPPs and probably even cash game to really feel confident with all this value out there. So I'll probably take a pass on him, although he's a fantastic player, don't get me wrong. Looking at these other options, the only other guy I'm really interested in on this Wizards team would be Spencer Dinwiddie at 4,900. That just feels way too cheap. So I touched on it at the beginning of the show. Guys on new teams is mispriced. And I think this uh, this would be one of them. Spencer Dinwiddie hasn't played a game since he hurt his uh, his knee, but doesn't mean he can't play. We saw him play some decent heavy minutes towards the end of the preseason. We talked about the Nets. They were almost bringing him back during their playoff run. They said he probably could have played, but they opted not to. So he seems to be like he's fully healthy. And there's no real good defenders right now at that point guard position on this team. Fred Van Vliet a little undersized. Goran Dragic is beyond his age at this point, so... I don't mind taking some shots at Spencer Dinwiddie. In fact, he's one of my favorite value plays on the slate at 4,900. Just a guy that can has the size to get the rebounds, can play the passing lane, come up with a couple steals here and there. But overall, he can he's not the most efficient guy, but he can score, and the shot attempts will be there. The main three guys I expect to take the shots would be Kuzma, Beal, and Dinwiddie. So keep your eye on Dinwiddie, 4,900. I think that's a great price tag. Now from the center position, Daniel Gafford will be pretty much chopping up the minutes with Montrez Harrell gafford coming in at 4900 he'll probably likely draw the start here feels uh feels like a good price tag for him but knowing that he's not going to play a full complement of minutes kind of takes away the appeal for the gpps if you want to look at him in cash it's probably pretty safe he can rack up some blocks pretty quickly and then montrezl harrell coming in at 3700 that feels like it's a great price tag for him now we don't know how this even split of minutes will exactly look if it will be even if it will be a 28 20 24 24 neither one of these guys figures to play the power forward position very much so they're probably going to have to chop up the center position down the middle or fairly close to it. But at 3,700, we could definitely look at him as a value play. Some better value plays, I think, out there. But we've seen him rack up some. You know, could he get 17 and 8 in 24 minutes? Absolutely. And at 3,700, that's a great price tag for him. I'm not expecting 17 and 8, but we've seen it time and time again that he could do it. So I'm not going to rule it out either. Kyle Kuzma at 5,100 talked about Dinwiddie being a good value. Kuzma's only $200 more. And for the shot attempts and for the volume that he's going to get, he's very, very much in play. If anybody has the toughest matchup, though, it's going to be him. He'll probably see a fair amount of Scotty Barnes and OG. Both those guys are excellent defenders. So not necessarily guys I want to pick on. And Kuzma, you know, not necessarily the most efficient guy as well. But the shot attempts will be there for him. He'll probably average anywhere between six and seven rebounds on the season. So I'm going to keep him in my player pool for now. And if I happen to round out and finish off on him, and if I'm from not playing Dinwiddie in that lineup, I might look his way as a little bit of a hedge. Otherwise, I'd prefer Dinwiddie over him ever so slightly. On to the Raptors, one of my favorite players. Oof, favorite. Let's get the drink of water in there. So talking too quick, too fast, too much. And now we got the sip. That's why it's always good to have somebody else on here. But, you know, shout out to Dave getting married again. Get to take a breath, a deep breath. I know Santino is probably going to listen to this and shoot me a text and say, Dude, just breathe. I couldn't stand hearing you like that. Uh, but Fred Van Vliet coming in at 7,500. Excellent play going against his Washington team. This should, Washington plays pretty quick. Uh, Dinwiddie, yes, he's 6'6. He's uh, got the size, but he's not that great of a defender. I'm not too worried about that. Van Vliet should lead this team in scoring now. And I absolutely love him on this slate. So 7,500. No Kyle Lowry, no Pascal Siakam. Look for Freddie to have the highest usage on the team. And this feels like it could be a 20-10 and type game for for Freddie. Chipping a couple rebounds, chipping a couple steals. All of a sudden, we're looking at 40 DK points, which is actually what he averaged last season. So couple that with the fact that he's going to lead this team in usage and side me up for some Fred VanVleet. OG coming at 6,100 would probably be one of the other guys I'm looking at. For everything I just said about Freddie's usage being up, we're going to see OG take a spike in usage this year as well, especially with no Siakam in there. Kyle Lowry gone. They're going to need him to really step up and get it done on the offensive end. We've seen time and time again he can chip in the rebounds. He'll chip in the steals. And towards the end of last season, we saw him put together a nice run of about 36, 38, and 42 DK points. So at 6,100, I think OG is an excellent play. I like both of these guys. I'll keep both of them in my player pool for now. And then the only other option I'm really looking at on this team would be the rookie, Scotty Barnes. He's just, again, I talked about it. Rookies are just too cheap right now. So if you want to look at Scotty Barnes, we don't know exactly what his rotation and or what his role in this rotation is going to be. He should draw the start in this one. He should play, I would say, about 28 minutes, 26 minutes. And at 3,400, it just feels a little too cheap for him. Uh, I'll probably end up wanting to lean a little bit more stars and scrubs just because of all the value that's available. But I've talked about a few guys in that mid-tier who I think are very, very good options that we can look at as well. Moving on to the 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game, we got the Cleveland Cavaliers traveling to Memphis, taking on the Grizzlies. For the Cavs, Dean Wade's doubtful. Dylan Windler has been ruled out. And for the Grizzlies, just Dylan Brooks. Uh, He's going to be out the next two to three weeks after he had to get hand surgery. Memphis's injury staff and PR is terrible because I don't ever remember hearing about a hand injury during preseason. I think it was a hamstring that we were, uh, you know, maybe it was a typo on their part, I guess. But this game's coming in at a 216 and a half game total, Memphis being favored by seven. We will start off with the Cavaliers. Jared Allen at the center position, 6,500. Firmly in play. It's just. We don't know what's going to happen with this front court. We we have a good idea that Mobley and Jared Allen will start, but they did make that addition of Laurie Marketing. They still have Kevin Love. So as of right now, I'm probably going to stay away from this front court. I think Jared Allen's very safe. Feels like a little bit more cash play than he does uh, necessarily uh, you know, GPP. He could get it done in GPP. He's not the most efficient or uh, he's a very efficient scorer, but he's not going to take a ton of shot attempts here. Mobley at the power forward position. He's the one guy that I might have some love for on this Cavs team at 4,500. Again, it's a little risky. We don't necessarily know his role. We saw him playing big minutes in the preseason, but that was the preseason. You know, games where Kevin Love wasn't really playing. Now, we don't know what it's going to look like. 4,500, I talked about it. Rookies are very, very underpriced, and there's a few other rookies I like. I feel a little bit safer as far as their roles go. So I'll probably leave him out of the rotation and leave him out of this for now. But if you want to take a look at him wouldn't fault you there. Then Garland and Sexton just feel too priced appropriately. Sexton coming in at 8,300, Garland coming in at 76. I mean, honestly, uh, point per dollar, I would just much prefer to play guys like Dinwiddie and Van Vliet over both these guys in that last game. So I'll probably take a hard pass on both of them as well. Looking at this Memphis team, John Morant coming in at 9,100, the most expensive person in this game. It's going to be a hard pass for me on John Morant. I only averaged 38 DK points last season, and now they're charging 9,100 for him in his third year. Expected to take a small boost, but just doesn't do enough for me at that price tag. I think you're going to be left there holding the bag if you pay 9,100 for Morant. So I will take a hard pass on him. Jaron Jackson Jr. one of my favorite players in the NBA, finally healthy, 5,900. He's definitely in play. They're going to need size going against this big front court. We talked about it: Jared Allen, Mobley, Kevin Love, and then on top of it, Lori Markieff. So it leaves room for Jaron Jackson to see a full complement of minutes. And at 5,900, he can get it done. He shoots. Not the greatest rebounder just yet, and I think that's mostly because he plays so far away from the basket. Takes a lot of knock on it for his rebounds, but you got to pick. If you're going to be that far away from the basket, you're not going to get that many rebounds. So at 5,900, I'll take a pass. I'm sorry. Very much in play, but I'll probably end up taking a pass uh, just because this game is very under-appealing in general for me. Steven Adams, good solid value at 4,700 I would expect anywhere between 28, 30 minutes for Steven Adams. He looked like he was rebounding the ball very well in preseason coming off of a down year gets, this feels like it's a good bounce back year for Steven Adams at a 4,700 feels like he's a good solid cash play. If you're looking for a center, only other guy I think really worth talking about would be Desmond Bain at 3,200, just a great value. It uh, way too cheap. Probably going to start at the two lights out shooter. Is he going to have the usage he had in summer league and preseason? No. Now, I mean, there's other guys like Jaron Jackson and John Morant there now, but they're going to rely on this guy. He's a sharpshooter, and could he score you 15, 16 actual points, chipping some rebounds, chipping an assist in the steal? Absolutely. The 15, 16 points would almost pay off that salary alone, and then any ancillary stats are just icing on the cake. Moving on to the next 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game, one that should be loaded for fantasy goodness. It's the Houston Rockets. Traveling to Minnesota, taking on the Timberwolves. Really excited about this game for DFS and for fantasy purposes. 227.5 game total. One of the higher game totals on the slate. Minnesota being favored by 4.5 against this young Rockets team. For the Rockets, Daniel House is questionable for personal reasons. Garrison Matthews not with the team. He is ruled out. Patrick Beverly is suspended. Ruled out. Jordan McLaughlin, Jalen Noel, both questionable have to keep an eye on that we'll have to keep an eye on what this team does at the power forward position we heard head coach chris finch talk about it several times it could be mcdaniels it could be vanderbilt it could vary from game to game it could be a koge let's hope it's not a koge though very underwhelming player who just very unsexy for fantasy nothing nothing really happens when he starts (laughs) you know that really happens when he gets the minutes so he's not a guy even if he draws a start we're going to be taking a look at for dfs regardless but we'll start with the away team this Houston Rockets team's got a lot of options and a lot of plays we could look at. Christian Wood coming in at 8K should be playing primarily at the power forward position this season. He talked about it. And that just means it's going to free him up. Uh Won't be banging out with as many big men down low. We've seen guys like Anthony Davis say that they don't want to play center because they take too many bumps and bruises. And this dude's going to play power forward for the majority of the season. 8K feels like it's a rock-solid price tag for him. He averaged about 40 DK points. It's a good matchup. We know that there's not a lot of defense that happens when you play, for, uh, you know, going against this Timberwolves team. Should be a lot a lot of uh, pace in this game, high-paced game. Both these teams play at a pretty high pace. So I don't mind looking at Wood at the center position, but there's just a lot of other center options we want to look at, I think, in my opinion. So, you know, while he's a solid option, he's probably not going to be a guy I land on. I'll probably end up crossing him out of my player pool and it's all said and done. But one guy I do want to talk about on this Rockets team is their young rookie uh, Jalen green coming in at only 4,200. This dude's going to shoot. This dude's going to play 30 plus minutes. He's going to have to, this Rockets team pretty much knows they're not planning for anything. So they're going to get their young guys as much experience as they can. Not a guy I expect to sit out in a blowout or anything like that. They're not going to be like what the nets did and, you know, pull the starters at four or five minutes left. These guys are probably going to continue to play. So Jalen green at 4,200, probably one of my favorite values on the slate just because the dude's a walking bucket. He can score in bunches. He's not afraid to jump in there and grab the rebounds. I can see him finishing with a 20, you know, 5, 20 actual points, 18 actual points, five or six rebounds, and a couple of steals could very much be in the cards for a guy like Jalen Green. So 4,200, sign me up. I want some shares of him. Now, Kevin Porter Jr. is going to primarily play point guard. Now they said they're going to not play John Wall at all. They're going to try to find a trade suitor. And I can't imagine anybody willing to take on that contract. Maybe it's the Sixers at this point uh, with Ben Simmons because he's just this whole practice shenanigans that he's pulling out there, you know, playing with sweatpants, his phones in his pocket, not participating in drills. But we could end up seeing Kevin Porter Jr. just really break out this season. He's not very efficient, uh, struggles from the line a little bit for his position. But you heard time and time again, scouts talk about it. He's got otherworldly basketball talent. 7,800, he's a guy that could just chip in major assists. Major points. He's probably going to be one of the leading shot takers on this team. Him, Green, and then uh, Wood, I would imagine, are three leading shot scorers and shot takers. But 7,800 feels a little too expensive. I think I'd rather play Freddie Van pleet at 74. Outside of those three guys, it's not really much worth mentioning. Jay Sean Tate will probably be another one of the starters. But a 5,800 just kind of leaves you with some empty stat lines. And I just don't think we need to go anywhere else outside of Wood, Porter Jr., and then looking at some Jalen Green. But again, more interested in Green than the other two at the point per dollar. For this Timberwolves team, Carl Anthony Towns coming in at 9,700. One of my favorite plays on the slate. One of the favorite guys to spend up on at that center position. Just a fantastic matchup. We'll probably start off with Tice at the center position, and he should just eat him up. looking, ref- uh, Towns looking refreshed this season. Just a guy that could easily go out there and give us 30 actual points, double-digit rebounds, and pay off that $9,700 price tag. Now, it's a little expensive for what we're used to paying for Towns, but he's a guy that averaged just a nose under 50 DK points last season. So, might be worth it, and I like him in this matchup a lot. Again, I touched on it. High scoring, high pace for both teams. Anthony Edwards would be the other guy I'm looking at at 7,100. In his second year, Edwards really put things together in the second half last season. He's not shy. He grew, I believe it was two inches in the offseason as well. So he's coming in at like 6'9 or something like that now. Uh, and he gets decent blocks and steals for that the guard position as well. So 7,100. I definitely have some interest in Edwards. I'm going to want some shares of this Timberwolves team. So if it's not Towns, it's going to be Edwards. D'Angelo Russell, 8,500. Too expensive. Uh, not paying that price tag for Russell. Much rather pay 7,100 for Anthony Edwards. Probably the only two guys I'm looking at really spending on on this team. We don't know what's going on in that power forward position. Um, If it is Vanderbilt, we could see McDaniel slide down to three. And at 3,600, he's very much in play. But again, I kind of want to see what the starting lineup looks like and how it shakes out. And at 3,600, regardless of where he plays, you know, not a guy that's going to score a a ton of points, but the defensive abilities, the rebounds, they will be there for him. So you could take a look at him. Theme of the night is going to be value. And we talked about it. This game has an, an enormous amount of pace and upside. So definitely worth a worth a look. We're cruising through this now. We only have about you know five games left to talk about. And what way to follow up one of the best games of the night regarding pace and in, in total is another game with great pace in total. Philadelphia 76ers traveling to New Orleans. They are taking on the Pelicans. This game comes in at 227 and a half, very much like the Houston-Minnesota game game total, but closer. Philly only being favored by one and a half points. We know that Ben Simmons has already been suspended. Just touched on that. Grant really rolled out. Shake Milton has been rolled out. And for the Pelicans, it is only Zion that has been rolled out. So we'll start with this Pelicans team. I just touched on Carl Anthony Towns being one of my favorite plays at the center position. And uh, yeah, Joel Embiid is going to be one of the other ones. I'm spending up at center most likely we have some value there but these guys i feel like have the most upside of anybody that's high priced on this slate and can easily give us you know 50 to 60 especially with no ben simmons you know that and you know ben simmons isn't a guy that comes out here and leads the team in shooting or shot attempts necessarily but they're going to run this offense through primarily now joel and bead so if you want to take a look at joel and bead i think he's well worth that 10-6 price tag pelicans played at very high pace last season did not have a good defense whatsoever Might have even gotten worse now with the whole Jonas Valanciunas for Steven Adams trade. Jonas Valanciunas, not really known for his defensive abilities at all. We've actually seen Joel Embiid pick on him in the past a few times. So definitely interested in Embiid at 10-6. I think that's, you know, pretty high price tag to pay, but well worth it in this matchup. Tobias Harris at 7-6, very priced appropriately, but it is a plus matchup. So I won't cross him out of my player pool. Just not a top option for me. And then if you want to look at some of these ancillary players, you know, I wouldn't mind a Steph Curry. It feels a little expensive at 5800 but the shot attempts will be there. Ball handling will be there. And then, of course, we know that with no Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey is going to will most likely draw that start at point guard. And at 4 k that's an excellent value as well. Love the matchup. Devontae Graham couldn't play defense on a fly. Now, Maxey, we've seen him have those big games here and there. And this very well could be one of them. So 4K, keep him in your player pool. He's one of those options in that Jalen Green territory, and we'll get to some other guys that are just too cheap. This is the this is the theme I talked about it. Rookie is too cheap. Guys in new places that are just too cheap, and it's gonna be tough. You're gonna have to make some decisions, and base that upon what kind of contest you enter. You know, if you're entering GPPs, go with the guys that you think are gonna be lower owned because they're all in great matchups. They're all in great situations. Mix and match if you build multiple lineups. And if you go with cash, go with the secure guys that we know. You know, your Dinwiddie's, guys that we can pretty much expect to see and guarantee that they're going to pay off that value. Now, he has that 40-point upside, but so does Maxi. But a lot of people are going to probably rather save the $900 and go down to Maxi as opposed to Dinwiddie. It wouldn't be shocked if Dinwiddie's ownership is actually less than Tyrese Maxi's. Quick sip of water before we move on to the Pelican side of the ball. Looking at this Pelicans team, I have a little interest in him. Mostly Brandon Ingram at 7,700. We know a lot of this uh, offense and usage is going to flow through him. Devontae Graham has looked absolutely terrible so far in the preseason. With no Zion, they're going to need all that they can get from him. Nikhil Alexander-Walker is expected to take a big, big bump in offense and increase in minutes this season. Uh, It remains to be seen whether or not he's going to start or come off the bench. We don't quite know just yet. We'll probably have that news fairly close to tip-off. Either way, I think 6,600 is just a little too expensive. Uh, you're kind of paying for that said, you know, minutes roll minutes and roll increase. And with all the value we have available, I'm I'm trying to get value at all positions to spend up on these centers and spend up at other positions that I want to. And if I uh, pay for guys like Nikhil Alexander Walker, it's gonna be a lot tougher. That's probably all I'm really looking at, to be honest. You can look at a guy like Najee Marshall, who I expect to draw the start. He won't have high ownership. 5,300 feels a little too expensive. He could chip in rebounds and steals pretty quickly. He's got a great knack for the ball around the rim. But at 5,300, again, feels like it's priced appropriately. And there's other spots that we can just go to and get better value out of. Moving on to the 8.30 Eastern Standard Time game, Orlando Magic. Traveling to San Antonio, they're taking on the Spurs in this one. 2.14.5 game total. San Antonio favored by 4.5. One of the lowest game totals of the night. So, not a game that you really want to stack, but there's definitely going to be some value and some players that we can look at here for the Magic. Michael Carter-Williams, Markel Foltz, Jonathan Isaac, Etuan Moore, and Chumo Okiki have all been ruled out. And for the Spurs, Devontae, Kakak, and Zach Collins are ruled out. Jack Landale is questionable. So... Who are we looking at in this one on the Orlando side of the ball? Not a whole lot. I talked about it. Guys are too cheap. Jalen Suggs feels like he's a little too cheap, but this isn't necessarily the matchup I want to pick on. I probably prefer to play Jalen Green. Uh, Very similar price tag in a better matchup over him. Cole Anthony, too expensive, $6,700. I'm not paying that price tag when I can get the guy on the other side of the ball for only $100 more that I like a whole lot more. Terrence Ross, $5,900. That's priced appropriately. Uh, most likely going to probably draw that start at the three. He's going to be relied on to be one of the leading shot takers on this team. That's kind of just crumbling, but I don't want to pay the 5,900 in this matchup in this low game total. I'll probably take a hard pass there and we have to see what they do at the power forward position. Cause they could start Wendell Carter jr. And Mo Bamba alongside of each other. It wouldn't be the craziest thing. They could start the rookie Franz Wagner. Uh, we have to see, but if they're not starting alongside of each other, I imagine that they're splitting time. And this probably isn't the matchup that they would do that in because Keldon Johnson is probably going to start at the four across from him. And that's going to be tough for one of those guys to chase him out to the three point line. So it would make more sense to go with a guy like Franz. Um, or maybe it's Thad Young that's starting at the four. So either way, it probably wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to go double big in this exact matchup. But don't be shocked if they do that at points throughout the season. If that's the case, I like Mo Bamba just from a point-per-minute standpoint more. He's a little bit more versatile, better shot blocker, a little bit of a better rebounder as well compared to Wendell Carter Jr., and he has a little bit more of a touch behind the line, so can shoot the three ball. That's the guy I would go with, but we'll have to wait and see what the starting lineup looks like before we can make any decisions. And don't forget that Robin Lopez is there too at 3,500, not for DFS purposes, but just for the purposes that he will eat into that center workload a little bit. Now, A little bit more action I'm interested in on this Spurs side of the ball. DeJounte Murray coming in at 6,800. DeMar DeRozan now gone, playing in Chicago. There's going to be a lot of usage. There's going to be a lot of ball handling responsibilities to take over. Now, DeJounte Murray is a guy that averaged about 36 DK points last season with DeRozan there, and now he is firmly in place to see a bump. I definitely like me some DeJounte Murray, one of my favorite point guard options on the slate. A lot to choose from, but he's firmly at the top with Van Vliet with Dinwiddie, as far as a a point-per-dollar standpoint. Uh, Those three guys, I want action on all three of them, and then we'll get to a value play at that point guard position in that next game, who I think is very, very much in play as well. Same thing goes with Derek White. Derek White really struggled with his shot last season, Uh, still managed to almost average 30 DK points at 6,100. I'm expecting him to kind of bounce back after last season. He's actually one of the best shot-blocking guards as well, and they're going to need the usage. These two guys... Be taking plenty of shots, and then Keldon Johnson at 5,100. It's a fair price tag for him. You know, he averaged about 25 DK points in a little bit of a smaller role last season, give him a little bit of a usage tick upward. And I would imagine averaging somewhere around 28 to 30 DK points this year. And 5,100 that's that's pretty good value. Um, I think there's probably better value out there that we can look at, but firmly in play. And again, I'm not trying to overly stack or overly attack this game with the lowest game total. On the slate. It's probably it for me. Not looking at anybody else in this game, but I'll keep those three guys in my player pool. Firmly looking at DeJounte Murray, though, at the top of the order with a little bit of Derek White sprinkled in. Moving on. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Only three more games left here to talk about. OKC traveling to Utah, taking on the Jazz. For the injury report for the Jazz, Trent Forrest, Rudy Gay both rolled out. Eric Pascal is Probable, and it does not look like the Thunder have submitted their injury report yet. But we pretty much expect them to be just about fully healthy in this one. Not too many guys I don't think are sitting out in this. So expect a fully healthy uh, Thunder team. But we'll start with the away team with the Thunder. Top of the order, Shea Gilders, Alexander, 7,200. is a great price tag for him. We saw him get shut down at the end of the season as they entered pretty much firm tank mode. Well, they're not entering take mode this early in the season. So it's a tough matchup. We don't generally want to pick on the Jazz. Uh, actually, I didn't give that game total. It's a 222.5, Utah favored by 10.5 points. So it's not exactly a matchup that we want to pick on. It's a big spread here. So I don't think I'll be playing too much, Shea. Uh, but in your GPPs, if you want to take the shot on him, he's a little bit more risky, uh, you can definitely do it. It's a great price tag for a guy that averaged 41 DK points last season, getting a good discount at 7,200. Baisley at 61 has a chance to start at the four, could play a little bit of the three. We don't really know exactly what they're going to do. Imagine they open the season with him at the four again, but he struggled mightily last season, was a big letdown for fantasy in general, had a couple of big games here and there, but not a guy that I want to overspend on. And same thing goes for Lou Dort. You know, again, a guy that when we saw Shea Sinton had a couple big pop games where he was scoring and just knocking down threes left and right. But those were few and far in between of a lot of clunkers in there, too. The one guy I think we could look at would be the rookie, Josh Giddy. Just uh, enormously cheap price, enormously cheap. Does anyone make sense? It's like an oxymoron, but uh, egregiously, that's the word I think I was looking for, egregiously cheap price, 3800 is is, again, rookies are just too cheap on this opening slate. You know, tough matchup and everything, but the young guy has size. He's a big dude who can handle the ball, can chip in rebounds, chip in the assists, will play the passing link, come up with blocks as a guard. Can get a lot of get get it done in a lot of different ways, and you know, yeah, maybe he doesn't go out there and score 20 points, but this dude could drop a triple double any given night, and in the right matchups, he's a guy that I'll be looking at at 3800. I don't love the matchup, I just love the player, and I love the price tag, so I'm keeping it in my player pool. Small forward eligible, even though he plays point guard, and we know that small forward position could sometimes be a pain to fill. And then Roby will probably draw the start at center, but he's going to be chopping up minutes with Pakuveski. He's going to be chopping up minutes with. Derek Favors. We don't exactly know how this rotation is going to end up panning out. All three of these guys have a little bit of upside, but for now, going against Rudy Gobert, it's not the matchup you want to target them in anyway. So I will take a firm pass. On the other side of the ball, Donovan Mitchell, too expensive at 9,600. We touched on a few other guys. Towns only $100 more. I prefer him. It's a great matchup for these guys, but just too expensive. I'd rather pay down at 8,200 8, for Rudy Gobert, guy who averaged almost 40 DK points last season. And should be able to eat and kind of just have his way with this team. It wouldn't surprise me if Rudy ends up having somewhat of like a 16-17 rebound game here. Chip that in with 15-17 actual points. He always gets his blocks. And all of a sudden, you're looking at 40-plus DK points. So sign me up for some Rudy Gobert. And he's probably the only option I'm really looking at on this Jazz team. I'll take a hard pass on Conley. It's a good matchup, but we have better point guards. And I already touched on a whole lot of them. So got to eliminate some players. Got to do it the hard way. And this Jazz team looks to be pretty much the identical team that they were last season, just in a great matchup now. Two games left on the night, both of them, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time games. We're going to start with a rematch of the Western Conference Finals. Denver Nuggets traveling to Phoenix, taking on the Suns. This game is coming in at a 224.5 game total. So one of the higher game totals on the night looks like it is going to be the – that the – Sixth highest out of 11, fifth highest out of so right right there in the middle. Phoenix being favored by five and a half points. Maybe that has something to do with Jokic's comments saying that the team looked sluggish at practice. They were kind of just running up on the running up and down the court. Nobody knew what they were doing. They didn't know what plays they were running or calling, and they looked terrible. But nonetheless, Jokic coming in as one of the higher priced guys on the slate. Another expensive center to keep in your player pool at 10 4. Now I, I think Denver will struggle in this matchup. We're gonna have to see. But Jokic is Jokic. We saw him absolutely donavate, donavate, uh, dominate. And we know that with Jamal Murray still out, a lot of this offense is going to get flowed through him. 10-4, he had a couple, I think he had a 32-20 and 20 game with assists, uh, 20 rebounds, 32 points with a good amount of assists during the playoff games. He had another one where it was like 30-plus and almost a triple-double. It was like 13-9 and nine or something. He can get it done against this team. He's very, very much in play. I expect that, you know. He's going to probably be one of the higher-owned guys on this site. I think I slightly prefer Embiid, but, you know, we're nitpicking. I just like Embiid's matchup a little bit better. So I'll probably have more shares of Embiid, maybe a couple more shares of Towns just because of the price difference in $700, depending on what that gets me. But that is probably uh, all I'm really looking at on this Denver team. Michael Porter Jr. has a great price tag at $6,400. But during that playoff series, the four games that they got swept, Porter Jr. really struggled. He only had one game out of the four where he scored 20 actual points. There's a lot of like 15 and six games, 14 and seven games. And, you know, not much of this team has changed. So I don't expect much to change for Porter Jr. either. He has the upside. He's a GPP play, but I wouldn't trust him enough in cash. That's really it. Monte Morris seems priced appropriately. Not a huge upside guy and I just prefer to play Dinwiddie at $100 cheaper. Now, on the other side of the ball, a lot of these guys are in play. Booker comes in at a very fair price at 8200 He dropped in a couple 30-point games during that series that we saw in the Western Conference Finals. So I don't mind looking at Booker. I actually prefer him over Donovan Mitchell for a, like, what, $1,300 price difference. Chris Paul, $7,600. I'll probably take a pass on him. Just prefer Van Vliet for only $200 less. And while Chris Paul had some monster games, those are must-win playoff games where we know we're getting as many minutes that Chris, Chris Paul could handle. This is a home opener, uh, actually, yeah, home opener, and they got a what, 81 more games after this. So I'll take a pass on Chris Paul, and then I think DeAndre Ayton's in store for a big season at 7K. We kind of saw that snub where the you know the front office didn't offer him the max. He came to practice like the very next day wearing a jersey that was said Peyton instead of Aiton, you know, as though pay in. So look for this guy to play his way into his biggest contract that he could. He's a restricted free agent, so the Suns will have the opportunity to match whatever gets offered to him. But it's a little bit of a, you know, a snub when you don't offer your, the first overall pick, who played great. And you heard Chris Paul say it at the end of those games in playoffs, we're going to give this guy a bag in the offseason. And he, and he wasn't given a bag. Uh, he was kind of left holding the bag. So I expect a big season. He's playing with attitude this season, uh, only getting better. As, year go, as each year goes on. At 7K, it's a solid price tag, but we've already talked about so many centers that it's kind of tough. And then I think that we could take a look at Bridges at 5K. It's a fair price tag, not a whole lot of upside, but he paid off that price tag pretty much night in and night out last season. So a rock-solid cash option. Final game of the night, Sacramento traveling to Portland, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. As far as the game total goes, this is the highest one of the night, 230 and a half. Portland favored by five and a half, four injuries. Nothing really to talk about here. Looks like everybody should be good to go outside of, you know, Marvin Bagley, not playing, which we already know. Uh, they, uh, the organization kind of just threw him to the wolves. And then we heard his agent come out and say that he was informed that he's not going to be in the rotation and complained to him why they didn't trade up. That is a joke of an organization. And I, you know, It's tough to argue with it at this point, but hey, they got a lot of young guards that we all like, so got to give them that. Tony Snell, he's the one guy on the Trailblazers that has been rolled out. We'll start off with Sacramento here. Darren Fox, 9,300, just feels a little too expensive. Very similar to Donovan Mitchell, where I just think there's guys that are a little cheaper. Love the player. Love the matchup. I just don't love the price tag. Not paying 7,400 for Harrison Barnes. Buddy Heald, we don't exactly know what his whole role is going to be if he comes off the bench, if he starts. Imagine he's coming off the bench because they're going to start Halliburton at the two, probably Barnes at the three, and then they're saying maybe Mo Harkless at the four with Holmes at the five. Now Holmes, and uh, 6,300. I love him at that price tag. I think that's a very good price tag for him. 6,300 should be looking at a firm 20 and 10 game here. Halliburton 7K. Prefer him over Darren Fox at that price tag just because it's 2,300 cheaper. This guy has you know probably 30 to 35 DK points written all over him. Should see starters level minutes and just a discount. That's probably all I'm really going to be looking at over here on this team. You're not going to be going to Moharkless at 4,600. I think that's just a little bit too expensive. And Davion Mitchell, for as good as this guy is going to be and the promising future that he has, 3,600 is way too cheap. He just doesn't have the same role as some of those other guys like Giddy and Jalen Green. For Portland, Damian Lillard coming in as the third highest-priced guy in the slate at 10-1. If you want to spend up at the guard position and spend all your money, this is the way to do it. I just prefer to play those centers that we talked about over him, just like him a little bit more. Uh, talking about Carly Anthony Towns, Nikola Jokic, and Joel Embiid. So he's definitely in play, but, again, point per dollar. I'd rather go down to C.J. McCollum at 7,200. Shooting guards have owned the Kings for the past, like, three or four seasons. Now, maybe that changes with Davion Mitchell and Tyrese Halliburton. But I imagine Mitchell being their best actual defender as a rookie would probably see more time on Lillard. If they're, if I'm just going to go out there and guess uh, if they, you know, while he's on the court, if they do play minutes alongside of him, but who knows, they might run a three guard lineup. Halliburton a little bit bigger than Mitchell might end up playing at the three. And then Mitchell sees McCollum either way. I think McCollum is the better point per dollar play than Lillard in this one. 7,200 way too cheap for a guy that almost averaged 40 DK points last season. Nurkic. Excellent play at 7K, but throw him in that center pool with about 15 other names that I really, really like. Now, Aiton, same price tag. If I had to pick one of those two guys, it would probably be Aiton. Played really well against Jokic last uh, last series. So, Sticky has a little bit more upside, and we don't know exactly what they're going to do with Nurkic's minutes. They might continue to limit him. and If he's not playing more than 30 minutes, it's kind of hard to pay that 7K. Pay it off the price tag, but they brought in Larry Nance Jr., was probably going to see some time at the at the four and the five. And then they also brought in Cody Zeller. While well, he stinks, he's going to play a couple minutes here and there. That's probably all I'm really looking at. You can always look at Covington. Not a whole lot of upside, especially in the scoring department. But 5,200 is a rock-solid price tag for a guy that can knock down threes if the shot's fallen, get your rebounds, and then just pile on the steals and blocks. One of the best defenders, I think, in the league. And that's it. That brings us home. I tried to motor on through that by myself. It was 11 games to talk about, though. So it did take a little bit of time, just under an hour. So we will get to the player tier segment now. At the top tier, Carl Anthony Towns, I think at uh, 9,700. Absolutely love him. Touched on those other centers. It's going to be hard to choose. But... Mix and match, whatever whatever you're feeling. Depending on maybe you're playing Edwards so you go Embiid or Jokic. Maybe, uh, you know, you're playing Tobias Harris and you go Towns. Or, you know, mix and match. Try to try to give yourself, you know, hedge your bet. Give yourself the highest possibility to score the highest lineup if you're playing the GPPs. You're trying to get first. Take home that gold. Get that gold house. Get the gold go- uh, doormat. But mid-tier, a lot of guys to choose from here. But I'm going to go with Freddie Van Vliet. Uh, I just love that new role that he's going to be in. Love the usage he's going to have. If I had to go with one other person, it would probably be DeJounte Murray, in that mid tier. And as a value play, tons of guys we could go with. But I touched on him, Spencer Dinwiddie at 4,900. I think that's just way too cheap for this guy. I imagine he's going to be priced closer to 6K uh, after a few games go. And if you need somebody a little bit cheaper, maybe go Jalen Green at 42. Way too cheap for the young rookie. And that's it. That's 11 games. That's my player tiers. That is all we have. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back tomorrow for that Thursday slate. I'll be back on. Can't wait to get after it. Crush it. Nice little bounce back night for us after opening night half. So thank you guys for listening. Let's go out there. Let's crush some GPPs.